Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. It's a mini-sode. Hi, it's Frida. And it's Abby. There's a hidden message coming through the airwaves, but the sheeple are too busy looking on the horizon for signs of Icarus. If they would only look to the blood, they'd find that 51 was the real answer to the universe. Shh, it's a secret. We are on episode two of our Shh, it's a secret <laughs> miniseries. And today we are talking behind the curve. Space time. Space curvature. Lack of understanding. The earth is flat. Welcome to the community that has no words. I have no words for this. I can't do a summary for this. It's scientists meet flat earthers. There's literally nothing else I can say. (laughs) Shit gets crazy. (laughs) It's it's the... It's the conspiracy. It's the final frontier of conspiracy theories. Final? Do you think? Do you hope? I hope, and there's nothing else left to have a theory about. We arrive at flat Earth. Hey, some people are really getting into this hollow Earth thing as well. Oh, okay. Th- uh, th- things that they're perfectly easy ways to prove are wrong. <laughs> Okay, how do we feel? How do we feel about this documentary, Farida? Uh, well, another really great intro. Gosh, these documentaries are having like these great intros that I sit mm. down and then I'm like rubbing my hands with excitement. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And then and then it starts and I'm like, I cannot even with this shit. <laughs> and it's not even because it's flat earth. It's just the kind of people that get into mm. it and watching them for an hour and a half. Uh, so this is the second time that I've tried to watch this because okay. the first time I got like, I don't even know. I think I maybe got like 20 minutes in and then I just stopped and was like, I'll finish that another time and then just never did. So I'd force myself to go back to it. And I think I messaged you when I was like 15 minutes in and I had spent an hour watching the first 15 minutes because I kept pausing and writing shit down because I was like, oh, my God. Oh. My yeah, I paused it a lot as well, agony. actually. So I feel like uh, I'm just going to yeah. like move move through things pretty quickly because <laughs> there's so much to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I did have a question for you that I thought would be interesting, though, in terms of the production notes or the production values. What do you think was the intention of the creators? Did you think that they were trying to be impartial or were they trying to make people seem ridiculous? Well, I think that there's always a balance where, you know, and we are going to fail in the balance of not excluding the people in the group too much because Mm -hmm. so that, you know, it is because if you are too severe on them, it'll be quickly be dismissed. If you want somehow to reach them, you have to tread a little bit of a balance. That's my opinion anyway. That's as well with like Alex Gibney's work. Like he, he doesn't want to get in trouble with the law. And so that's what I felt like the balance was. I had no doubt in my mind that it was there to expose them. Like what is, it was like there to address whether it succeeded, like how, why, Mm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of felt that. And I think as well, like this one, and we're going to get into top, we're going to get into talking about them now in a minute, but 
there was also there's like that morbid curiosity and it's it like I'm sorry I'm finding this so hard because I have <laughs> so many things as my answers to the questions mm. <laughs> like it's just I, I, I a have, lot of crossover <laughs> I have some actual like just about production stuff yeah please um, do I just thought it was a bit long like there was mm. parts of it that I wasn't really interested definitely the whole romance thing I, I couldn't give a shit it was so random just have ugly sex and get over it. Like, you know, you kind of want to, but don't want to because you feel ashamed. Like, we don't care. Okay, fine. Um, also, in general, I just found Mark to be sort of unappealing. But Oh, I have so later. many things to say about him. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought it was long. Like, after a while, I'm like, how long do I really want to spend with these motherfuckers? Yeah. Like, an hour max. I think that was sort of like, ah, oh, you guys, like, th- it's what I thought. Like, I'm not shocked. I'm just like, yeah, it's... They could have... Se- yeah, they could have paired back a little bit on that and maybe given us a little bit more of like the psychologist and the psychiatrist and then the, and the actual scientist. What I would yeah. have liked to have seen, uh, again, again, I'm going to bring this up again in a while, but when we do have the moment of the flat earthers conducting their experiments, it would have been nice to have maybe seen the scientific experiment <laughs> as a contrast. Would have been nice. Anywho. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it was shall, like a wink to yeah. to people like us. Shall we move into the people and moments? Absolutely. Okay, so we obviously have to start with Mark Sargent. There is a comment that he made. I I I just I wrote down like a mild stream of consciousness when it comes to him because there was one comment though that really I just thought highlighted it for me because he said you get bored by normal conspiracies so you look for something more. And that's just what it is. It's like, this isn't about like, oh, this is one thing. It's like, you are a conspiracy theorist. You enjoy this. This is what you feed off. And this is the one that is paying off for you. And it's paying off for you in a way that you are so up your own fucking ass and you love yourself so much that you're insufferable. Yeah, he is an attention seeker. Yeah. Like this is his way of being seen. But all the way as well, he was trying to, it was like he was doing this like false modesty as well all the way through. Absolutely. You know? Couldn't have been more transparent. Yeah. I think the film exposes exactly if he wants to be important. I think he's lying about how much is recognized, you know. Oh, shucks. Yeah. Oh, I think he's totally transparent. They're attention seekers. Oh, he goes to NASA dying to be kicked out. Yeah. He, turning up at the eclipse, dying for attention. He wants the article like, because, mm. uh, yeah, people go like, who turned up to the eclipse? The, fa- the flat earth. It is, it, it, it is absurd. And it's the degree of the absurdity that gets him the most attention. I did check to see. I checked his following. So he has nearly 100,000 followers on YouTube. But it's not bigger than that. And the videos the- that he puts up. They're kind of okay, but I don't think I don't think they're getting viewership that we should be concerned. And also, we don't know how many of those people follow him because to mock him. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. Um, I do want to talk though about Patricia Patricia Steer. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about Patricia Steer? Because I have a slightly controversial feeling with her. I don't care about either of those two fucking fuck faces. But what? Tell me what what. Tell me. Well, I had two thoughts. First of all, I just appreciated that she was a woman. And I know that sounds super weird, but I was like, listen, even in the conspiracy theory realm, I just liked that there was a prominent woman. 
<laughs> so that's my yeah. positive. And uh, and my response to that is sort of I wrote you know why she gets so much hate and I wrote because she's a woman because she's a woman she gets exactly. so much hate in the yeah. community because she's a woman yes now she I think because there's a there's a scene with her where she says that um, she gets called sociopathic narcissistic shape shifting eyes drinks blood CIA transgender um, steer the wrong way and she said I can't prove any of it wrong. Because people will say, well, if you're CIA, that can be constructive, constructed, sorry. So I was like, does she realize that it's the same for the Flat Earth Movement? And then she says at the end of that thing, am I another version of them? And then she kind of says like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not. And then, but you're the whole way through with her, I felt more like this woman is on the verge of realizing that she has fallen down a rabbit hole. And what I can tell you is that very shortly after the documentary, Patricia Steer left the Flat Earth community, deleted her YouTube channels, deleted every bit of um, anything of her related to Flat Earth from online. Now, we don't know why. because She's never said anything. But I think she had a realization. If it, it, to me, it always seemed like her heart wasn't in it, that she's just jumping on the attention train. Oh, Sensa- okay. the sensationalist train that's in my opinion then she got it was like first she was interviewing but then it was like no one really sat and asked her what her opinion was necessarily and so she slowly got kind of dragged into it by association until she was so deep into it okay it's like I think she sort of it, it happened by accident I think it started as fascination yeah and there might not have been a moment where she actually was like, what is, what do I think? I think she just got dragged into it and then she became like a figurehead. That was sort of my, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. But then again, when she talks, she's like, I only trust myself. I'm like, nah, I guess she is kind of just a nut. The thing is, we don't know what happens that allow, that draws people into these situations. Like we don't know what's going on in their lives. So I just think it's really interesting to see the different types of her personality was just so different to I felt the men's personalities Mark and the pilot guy and like there was a bit of kind of like you know imposing attitude from them whereas she just seemed to be very I guess unimposing I don't know I kind of just I enjoyed her okay so somebody as well that I want to talk about for a minute is uh, the dude with the mallets (laughs) the ping pong ball forced sun worship Oh my god. That's what he said. Did you know they made up dinosaurs? <laughs> that guy was kind of funny. Like he was kind of good to watch. Oh, Something about god. him was Yeah, with the mallets. Yeah. Then he like started harassing something. some NASA employee in a coffee shop <laughs> in a Starbucks and he got kicked yeah. out and he was all it was like justification. It was like, no, you just started harassing some random dude in a coffee shop. Oh, I don't know. But the mallets thing. Oh, yeah, that's what the thing he was doing. He was bouncing the ping pong ball and he was reciting the periodic table. And other states in America. Yeah. My brain coach. My brain coach says. Oh, God. Yeah. He um, had a likability to him. Like, if the documentary was about him, it might have been better. Right. Because he, you want to watch him. Him, you can't look away. Mark Sargent, I was, I couldn't look. Hmm. It's just upsetting. Uh, there's yeah. only one other person I wanted to bring up, and it's the um, the guy who they say was the originator. 
Oh, Matt. Yeah, I have yeah. him. He's one of my okay. answers. All right, so uh, we there's... leave him for a minute. Yeah, I, and also I have Scott Kelly to, you know, mm. like, hear my life. I forgot that. I knew I knew you were going to be Scott Kelly. Yeah. And also the science writer. I love the science yes, writer. Yes, he was great. Tim Urban, I think. So open. Was. He's just like sincere, open book. Like, there's no like weird mm. intention going on. You're like, what is your intention? <laughs> like, I liked that first just... scene with Hannah Lore where she was just like watching the video and she was just like, this guy's prolific. And then she went to the, obviously some other like scientist at Caltech and she's just standing at the office. What do you think of the flat earthers and the guy's face? It just looked like he got a headache as soon as she said it. I was like, Yeah, his look was like, it makes a mockery out of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I said that look, that look was like, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? If that exists Exactly. But I love that Hannah Lore was like, it's great. Like you kind yeah. of she didn't she didn't immediately be like, Oh, these people are fucked. She was like you could have even mistaken her for a flat earther because she was like, This is fascinating. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's it. Questions? Question number one. Okay. Talking about the science. And the way it's used and represented. Okay. Uh. So I don't know how you approach this, but I kind of went with, I just cannot spend time talking about the actual science of how, why the earth isn't flat. I was like, it just not because we can't explain it, but just because like there's that quote. It's I think my favorite line from the entire show um, where Sergeant Flat Earth says, um, Science, oh, the reason we're winning against science is because science just throws math at you. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I did pick out two things to talk about, though, two actual things that I thought would be a good discussion. So what do you want to talk about before I so, bring up any of them? What I want to talk about, yeah, I've sort of, my questions, things are going to jump around. It's okay. <clears throat> yeah. For this, for this answer what I want to talk about was the way that they portrayed the way that grappled with the experiments I thought that yes. that was brilliant I loved the way and I agree they should have shown like they should have shown and here are some optical physicists setting yeah. up an experiment but I love that they were foiled by the wave-like properties of light I know, I know. that's what foiled them bless them I just we, like we whole... can both attests to how difficult it is setting up experiments with lasers it's i i just oh i'm gonna yeah i just like (laughs) when they did it and when they were like oh it's the size of the board and he just looked (laughs) shook his face was like what and i was like because it was because the beam diverges and it's, diverges. And it's really far oh away. God. And so it's going to be really big when it gets there. And he had this little thing and I can't remember. He was calling it like a focuser or something. And he thought that that was going to make it so that the beam would be the same size. And I was like, but it's still really far away. And it's still. And they were just like, and the guys are getting bored and they decide to leave. And then they're just like, yeah, you got to sort that laser out. Dude, you gotta sort that laser out as if like that's what the problem is. Not the science or just the experiment parameters or like the you know, the earth is not flat. No, you just you gotta sort the laser out. Oh my god. Yeah. 
They thought they could point a laser and the spot would be the same size. They thought that light that light travels in a straight line. Oh, just. But I love that the it's it's fundamental physics is what foiled them. Yeah. That so, is so funny. This is right. This brings me. This brings me into because the two things I picked out to talk about were the Dunning Kruger effect and confirmation bias because they bring them up and I think they're fascinating. So the first mm-hmm. thing kind of touches on that. So have you heard of what the Dunning Kruger effect is, Rita? No, go ahead, okay. Abby. This is just the definition I got off Google. Um, Dunning-Kruger effect in psychology is a cognitive bias whereby people with limited knowledge or competence in a given intellectual or social domain greatly overestimate their own knowledge or competence in that domain relative to objective criteria or to the performance of their peers yeah. or of people in general. Yeah. And that's that then coupled with confirmation bias which is basically just trying to design your experiment so that it gives you the results that you want. You're you're not looking for the, you're not objectively setting up your experiment to kind of go, what results am I going to get? You're saying, these are the results I want, so how can I design my experiment to give me those results? And that's what those two things combined then to create these globe buster guys, I feel. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't the lady say it's the opposite of imposter syndrome? Yes, which I thought was fascinating. Mm. Yeah, when I talk to, I know people that are sort of, you know, anti-vaxxers and, you know, it's amazing how they have such overconfidence in their own ability to discern, whereas I understand to submit Mm. to people of a different expertise, you know. So I go, my expertise is this, I understand what that means to have an expertise. Their expertise is this, uh, they're respectable. I trust, you know, so I, I'm more likely to submit than they are. And I always find that pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. They, why would they submit? They don't, and it's because they don't have a lens of, of what it's like in science. And the truth is that even the biggest experts question their own expertise. So we know, yeah. we know, we know what it means. That's interesting. It was it was really fascinating because they went to all this effort and with the gyroscope as well. Frida, do you remember when they said heaven energies? Oh, no. What? What was that? <laughs> when, they were, when he was explaining what they were going to do with the gyroscope and they were saying so that they didn't get interference from the heaven energies. <laughs> oh, like the cosmic microwave background radiation or what's the heaven energies? <laughs> That's why they wanted to put it in a gauss chamber and then put it into... Uh. But then they did the gyroscope thing and it showed, it showed them that like there was this 15 degree and they just went, something else must be going on. That guy, I didn't like him. The pilot, oh, he made me uncomfortable. But I, I like, I, I kind of had this weird enjoyment for this like engineery type dude who was trying, genuinely trying to set up scientific experiments, but just didn't understand. Mm. Yeah. He, was he the same guy with the mallets? No. The same guy with the mallets? No, no, no. Okay, fine. Yeah. The guy that was sincerely trying to set up experiments and they're like, he's great. He does these experiments. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. And he really wanted to be brilliant, but, but he, just, he was missing. Yeah. Knowledge, knowledge. Did you notice how at the end then when they did that with the with the light and the beam and it was too big and then so then they changed it to having the holes in the plywood? 
And he was yes. like, oh, if he has to lift the light up, then that means there's curvature. And if he doesn't have to lift the light up, if I can see it straight away, there's no curvature. And then he couldn't see it. And he was like, lift your light up. And he could see it. And he went, that's interesting. Hmm. That's interesting. But I, lo- I, lo- I love how they changed the experiment to like 17 feet. First, it was like, you know, kilometers. Yeah. And then they were like, 17 feet. I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Wasn't it like 17 feet between the poles? I can't remember. You know, but if then what they did was they changed it. So they, they tried to, they say then that they tried to replicate it, but they couldn't replicate the results, but they didn't show the replication. That was just like a little YouTube video clip of theirs where they showed an animation or like a drawing of it. And then they said, yeah. so we can't confirm either way. And it was like, bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. But you all- can't confirm either way. <laughs> I, when they came to that, I was like, I love you've lost to me, guys. Um, but also the idea that like if you have to lift your hands up that means like because that's how it works because they don't understand like about sizes and distances and like just this idea that saying a car like like mark Sargent says it early on when he's looking at seattle he's like oh there should be hundreds of feet of curvature between here and seattle and it's like you get that the earth is really big right you get like that it's a really big globe like the yeah, numbers it's you're not going to notice in in that small of a distance like you can't like you need such highly precision instruments yeah. to be able to make any fucking measurement and you don't have the expertise to do that oh yeah what if a, can you imagine if a scientist was like this should be like this should be like hundreds of feet of curvature like <laughs> right could you imagine if a scientist used that kind of language that's sort of <laughs> off the cuff you know like Jesus, the scrutiny that scientists fall under versus the scrutiny these people fall under—it's because it's because like the mum, it's so impossible to interrupt them, and you just don't, so you just let them fucking talk. Yeah. Shall we move on? Yeah. All right. Question two: What is something you learnt from the film that shocked or upset you, Abby? I mean, it seems ridiculous now that I'm saying it, but like the absolute depth of the lack of understanding and the desire in these people to be a part of something special so that they will go to like this extreme like that's just it it's like his conviction the reason we're winning against science we're winning we're like we're smash we're thrashing science and it's like how where is your information that informs that you are thrashing science and like it's not that hard to debunk. It's so easy to debunk it. But I was thinking about it from the perspective of the guy who was saying like that they made up dinosaurs, that like the people in the school system made up dinosaurs. And I was just like, if somebody made up dinosaurs, then that has to have been a secret that was passed down through generations, controlled worldwide so that all the museums, all the archaeologists, every government in every world working in collaboration to continue this lie about dinosaurs. And you actually think that our our world governments could create that kind of a collaboration and hold that secret without all these, Mm. like, without the rest of us knowing. Like, it's just, it falls apart so easily. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, the thing that they, that bothers me so much. What's science? Science isn't a conspiracy. Science is a process um, Mm. that allows your statements to come under scrutiny in sort of a way that people can follow to get to the bottom of whether or not you have any merit, like what you're saying has merit. It's just a system to scrutinize. That's science. 
Yeah. So the fact that they're anti-science means they don't prescribe to a system which would force them to be under scrutiny in the things that they're saying. Yeah. How convenient. <laughs> what? What's so, your? That's it. What's your? So um, what? What? Yeah, so what is it Matt, that you learned that shocked or upset you? Matt, uh, shocked and upset Matt, me. Oh. Um, his demands $5,000, 12% of profits, creative control, a guarantee to be 25 to 50% of the film, and then they support his claim that Mark Sargent is a Warner Brothers executive. And, and just literally what I just said a second ago, the Matt, the way he talks, the way he says NASA, NSA, FBI, CIA, like the way he just rattles it off, off the cuff, stream of consciousness it's basically him going blah 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 can you imagine if a reputable science communicator just talked off the cuff mm. I, I don't know hundreds of feet thousands of feet nsa as if the nsa and nasa are connected that you can just rattle those things off like there's yeah. no scrutiny that someone would stop him and say wait why nasa oh why nsa why? No, you're just rattling things yeah. off, off the cuff. He just plays word association and no one puts anything that he says to task. Can yeah. you imagine if I went on the radio and I went blah, 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 you know, blah, 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 this, that, maybe this, like that. Like, can you imagine? It's, uh, do you know what? And I, I tried to look him up as well because I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Because they're like, he's an artist. There's uh, There was something really staged about one of the videos he was doing. And there was that girl walking around in the background on her phone. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I was just like, but that made me go, is this a bit? Like, is this all a bit? Is this guy not, like, is he not a real person? If he's an artist, is this like a, has he created this character? Like this, the, what is it? Math, um, oh fuck, I can't remember what the... There, his persona was math something I can't remember um, but yeah like I was it just made me wonder and I tried to look into it to see if he came up as being like an actor or something like that and I just I couldn't find any information on him so I was a bit disappointed with that yeah. I was hoping I was no. going to be like oh, it's all a bit he's just a character just screaming just riling up this community and then it was just like no I think maybe he is this person but I don't know who your one was on the phone he, he um, it definitely doesn't work for NASA, and he is what in every conspiracy theory. There's always these people like, oh, this person used to work for Pfizer, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to me that how conspiracy theorists cannot conceive of the fact that someone can just lie. <laughs> oh no, no, like the whole world is bound, bound, lying together. Everyone in Australia's actors. Yes, the dinosaurs were all coordinating, but you can't believe that this guy might just be lying to you. But also. They, like, he can have worked for NASA. He could have worked for them for a month doing, I don't know, some admin or something. Like, it doesn't mean that he fucking knows anything. There's a lot of people that work for NASA. It's a pretty big organization. Yeah. Oh, the astronauts were like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so and then ridiculous. I was, like, going to and know And everyone's what? like, oh, yeah. I would almost believe that that conversation happened, but that they were taking the piss out of him and he just took it seriously. I had a moment where I was like, I would, I would believe that something like this would happen. And then it becomes like, oh, the astronauts told me. And you're like, oh, mate, come on. <laughs> why, why are we even giving them oxygen? That's what fucking know. pisses me off. I'm sorry. Let's go to question three then. 
What do you think the impact is on society and the science community? Um, well, on flat earthers, I would say there's like, what's the impact that flat earthers have? What's the impact that the film has? So flat earthers, I think that it just, the, the existence of flat earthers shows us the insistence that some people have to remain, you know, like for lack of a better word, like there. Mm. Whatever they're looking for, they can only find in these spaces and they will remain there. If one conspiracy theory becomes uh, like something they can't hold on to, they'll just find another. Yeah. So that's what I think it shows us. And then I suppose the film, like we talked in the beginning, just exposes it for exactly what it is. Like, here's an egomaniac. Yeah. Mark Sargent. They just want to be seen. Look, we all want to be seen, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, they just want to attach themselves something that is so absurd that people have to stop and listen and that's all they want. So it just, it exposes them. That's, I, it's, it's kind of pretty much the same as what my answer is, but I think I'm, I have, I'm, I'm maybe a little bit more forgiving <laughs> in that, like, I just kind of looked at it like, I feel like the, I feel like they're social outcasts already, these people. And then so they latch on to like these big conspiracy theories because it creates a community of people that they can turn to and be a part of. But then it's more than just being a part of it because now they're actually a part of something that feels special. And I was thinking about it and I was like, it's like being like, it's like being a part of community theater or playing for your local rugby club, you know? You go and you do a thing with other people that like this, but then it's special because you get to put it on for other people and they'll come and they'll watch you and cheer you Mm. on. And, and being a part of a conspiracy kind of feels like that. It's like we've got something that the other people watching outside don't. Uh-huh. And it makes them be a part of a group. But then we come along and because it's so difficult to refute their claims and not not because we can't prove it scientifically, but because it's like, I mean, it's very easy to prove scientifically that the earth is not flat. But because they're so deep into their world of conspiracy that anything you say is like a setup or a lie or a trick because you're one of the lizard people that the CIA implanted so you wouldn't know that Elvis is still alive um, or just some shit like that. But if they can't understand the math or see the curve themselves, you can't explain to them in any way that they will accept. And so the people get lost in society and they become the social outcasts that they think that they are and then we start to make fun of them and we look for their content to laugh at it or out of morbid curiosity which of course means that they keep getting views and interactions and so they sink deeper and deeper into their conspiratorial world until there just isn't any way out for them anymore and that's that's kind of where I just like I feel like our fascination with them keeps them going basically yeah, and us not have any. I don't have time for your shit. Isolates them more and yeah, bounds them to the community and reinforces the idea that you know everyone else is yeah. That's it. That's yeah, and it's true. And I I want to be nicer. I want to be more compassionate. It's I, but then I'm like, why? It doesn't make a difference what yeah. I say. Like you're not going to have a reasonable conversation where they're going to go. Oh, I take your point. They're just going to say lizard person. CIA person, implant Warner Brothers of executive. Like it's just, you just know it's a waste of your energy and you're just, it's draining and exhausting. So instead of what we do is we just laugh and scoff and just go like, mad. Yeah. There there was a, there was one line that Patricia said that I was like, I just need to take that line and break it down because she goes, you don't need a complicated mathematical formula to find out where you live. (laughs) 
right? That's what she says, and that's like her like weird underlying evidence. I'm like, in firstly, the logical fallacy in that statement because what do you mean by where you live, right? Mm. So that could be anything. But second, it's because you can't imagine it, therefore it can't be complicated because you can't picture it, and that's right. her logic. That's like the logic, but. What, you live at your address. What's the issue, right? You don't need a mathematical formula to know where you live. Do you mean in relation to like a satellite orbiting the Earth? Yeah. yeah. You kind of do need a complex mathematical formula to work out where I am in relation to all the satellites that are being used to find my location. I was yeah, going to say, position, yeah, what, are they using yeah. GPS in her car? No. I was going to say, <laughs> for GPS, yes. Yes, you do. Like, you want your position in space relative to arbitrary reference frames. Yeah, that's complicated maths. She's like, you shouldn't need it. Like, you don't. You don't. You don't. You know where you live. It's there. You put it in your sat-nav or whatever. I mean, but that statement is just like, that's exactly the kind of shit. You shouldn't need she thinks she's saying something really smart by saying like, but I know where I live and I can just find my house and I don't need a mathematical formula to give me that. And it's like, okay, but can you, I don't know, can you pick this point on the other side of the world? And can you tell me, like, what can you tell me about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the the crazy logical, like the, her statement is so fucked because she's saying where I live and you're taking that to mean other things and using that like but you don't need a complex mathematical form. what are you talking about what be precise in your language what do you mean but they intentionally use things that can be conflated yes so that it kind of works like it's a tactic they do this all the time they use words which have double triple meanings and take advantage of the double triple meanings you just like we we learn how to write for in science we learn like how to communicate how to use words to string together to make a point clear and one thing that i learned was that when you write for science you have to write in a way that your words cannot be taken in any other way but the way that you mean it that is how you write as a scientist and these fucktards <laughs> intentionally talk in a way that makes their statements be able to be taken in multiple ways and then take advantage of that. It's exactly against the way we are trained to talk, to be absolutely clear and precise so that it is completely not to be confused with anything else. Precision, accuracy. Don't be afraid of people knowing what you're saying because you have to be put under scrutiny. Say what you're trying to say, allow yourself to be criticized, respond to criticism. (sighs) next question yes please because that was perfect (sighs) okay (laughs) film highlight what's the film highlight frida (laughs) i have written down about 10 statements (laughs) oh i've written one so let's go come on okay i'm just gonna well i I just give you my list these are just a list of things that were said that I just had to write down. And I, this was the only place where I could kind of put it. So my actual, I have a bunch of statements and I have an actual film highlight. So I'll give you my, my list first. Um, Nobody said the earth was 14 billion years old, you fuckface, the universe is. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. NASA, Nasha in Hebrew, but it sounds so similar. You know NASA's an acronym, right? Okay. 
reading while driving the fucking car. What the fuck was he doing? What were the filmmakers doing allowing him to pull out a book and open it while he was steering the fucking steering wheel? What was happening? I mean, they were hoping... Um, I don't know where it came in. I have no idea why, but I wrote this down. But at some point, someone said something about scientists being priests of new religion or something like that. Science is the new religion. Give me a fucking Um, At one point I wrote down, how the fuck do they think satellites work? And then after a while when they said it, I went, oh, balloons. What? (laughs) Go back and listen to any of our space episodes to learn about satellites. And then, oh my Jesus, Mark Sargent at the eclipse. Oh my God. So you could see there was no 3D object moving in front of the sun. It was like the sun was self-eclipsing. It couldn't. It couldn't have been more clear. That's what I was seeing. It couldn't have been more clear. You got, it's so much easier to just believe shit and not actually have to think about it, eh? So much easier. They're just lazy. Oh. And then, okay. So my actual film highlight that I wrote down was the moment when he was showing us the uh, the dome model explanation, and when he said the words, "The South Pole is a two hundred foot wall of ice, straight up Game of Thrones style." Yeah. Yeah, I just like this. I saw it. In, I saw it in a TV show, and I was like, "Yeah, I like it." Oh God! So yeah, that's yeah, me. They, they were right. my highlights. <laughs> what was your highlight? I wrote the, the the fucking weird conference of people, and the way ah. like it kept cutting to the audience, and people were like nodding randomly in agreement to, and then like this guy like writing things down, like taking notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me write that down. That's a good thing to argue with my mother. I, yeah, I'll tell my mother that. Yeah, <laughs> like the conference. I was like, this is, yeah, this is sad. The way he kept going on about how he was the keynote speaker. And the way they had the mo- moment as well where they were like, oh, it was sold out. But then a lot of people aren't turning up because of Matt <laughs> said some shit or something. Oh, yeah. It, it's that's their conspiracy inside the conspiracy was like, it's Matt causing people to turn up. <laughs> it's just like... They just don't want to believe that they're stupid and they suck. Like <laughs> Occam's razor. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Tell the last question. So, 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 yeah. What, what's oh. the last question? Um, whose side are you on? I wrote Hypatia of Alexandria. <laughs> First I wrote the earth and Beautiful. then I was like, I'm on the side of all the people that were fucking killed for, for, for celebrating the heliocentric model of the solar system of the universe of our existence i'm on her side um whose side are you on um i don't have something quite as elegant as that (laughs) i was like i'm obviously on the side of science but there was one guy at the end when they had like it looked like they were having some sort of like pint of science type event or something and he talked about the flat earthers and he talked about how people who believe in conspiracy as potential scientists who have lost their way. Because he was saying that if we could do a better job of teaching and communicating science, then minds like some of these people that are so focused and so like genuinely inquisitive could actually be beneficial. And I 
thought I felt like I agreed with him. I felt like he kind of was making the point that in some of these instances, these people that believe in these conspiracies, like like the guy with the laser and the experiments, he's someone who I feel like we as society have let down. Because if he had the proper guidance and the proper education and understanding of science, that dude 100% could have been a scientist. Um, maybe it's a bit too helpful no I think that just because that guy stood up there and said it I was like it doesn't make what you're saying true Um, but I will say I agree that society has let down so many people and that there are like people in the upper echelons of society that are working together against our interests in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and so I understand how you kind of come to this idea that things are being hidden from you. I have compassion for the fact that, yes, yeah, so many people are left behind yeah, and not picked up by society. Do I think that they could be scientists? Um, yeah, maybe, maybe a couple of them, but there's something lacking, you know, like yeah. the humility to knowledge and – the excitement of finding new things, like the openness that a lot of people that are born scientists and natural scientists are open to knowledge and information, that it excites them and they get excited. Um, The humility to that is sort of so fundamental that if you don't have that, I don't know, just be a fucking pain to work with. (laughs) (laughs) I I heard him and I was like... (sighs) Yeah. I want no, to believe I see, you. Yeah, I see, no, I see where you're coming from, but I just felt like I was like, yeah, do you know what? I like this. I like this idea of just kind of going, it just fits in for me with the kind of impact on how we lose these people. We lose these people mm-hmm. in general because what what's happening is they just don't have the correct understanding of how to like not criticize, but maybe I guess criticize the world around them. But also, yeah, I just realized that education in America is becoming more and more unattainable. So that's mm. sad, you know. So if they're being picked up by the wrong people. They should yeah. be picked up by the right people. And like that, like 100% correct. Yeah. They're not being picked up by the right people that could educate them because education is, is elite. And it is. It is, yeah. And it sucks. I just constantly think of that guy with his laser and his face. And I just go... Yeah. Oh, mate. You would love to learn about all this, mate. You would be so happy doing your experiments. I mean, you'd hate data analysis, but we all do. Whatever whatever the experiment is for and what you're trying to do, it's so exciting when things work. Yeah. Because that's a science in of itself. And by the way, the the discovery of gravitational waves for me, like it really hit home. Because I was always a theorist, not an experimentalist. It hit home the brilliance and beauty in experimentalism itself mm. as a science. And that's why they won the Nobel Prize, not necessarily because of the greatness of the discovery, but for the excellence in setting yeah. up an experiment that was that precise. That is what is so brilliant about it. And I feel like, yeah, like he clearly yeah. was into, was getting into it. And if he was allowed to be in a lab properly, like with the right equipment, with the right guidance, like learning yeah. more and more and more, he'd be so happy. 
Yeah, I wanted that for him. Oh, yeah, we should um, we should just show that well, our compassion. Yeah. Like, congratulations to us. Like, yeah. cut all the shit of us being like horrific <laughs> and rude, and just put in the last few <laughs> minutes, and everyone will see that we're we're nice, we're good people. Uh, maybe <laughs> I don't know. What are your final comments? <laughs> um, ice cold, flat earth, the mabizzle. <laughs> I decided I'm going to write theme music and I'm going to wrap um, Flat Earth wraps oh, into please the... please do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my final comment is that there's a scene in it and it's just something that really fucking infuriated me where they said uh, it was with the flight guy, the, the, the ex-pilot fucker, um, <laughs> where they were doing like some weird little town hall meeting. And they said, were there any professors from, say, MIT that are willing to go on the record and what uh, or that that agree with you, actually? And he said that are willing to go on the record. And it, basically, they were just implying that there might actually be professors from MIT that think this, but won't step out and speak up because of their career, because it's so like the everything is so conspiracy that um, they they can't admit that they know that the earth is flat because the establishment will take their tenure away from them and it just really annoyed me that like it's just it's just really that really yep. shows that it doesn't matter it does not matter how much proof you give these people they will always find a way to mm-hmm. to make it seem it just really fucking yeah. annoyed me and unfortunately, they're riding off of the back of this sort of anti-elitist thing where people looked at academia, rightly so, and say this is elitist and inaccessible for the rest of us. So they're kind of inflating yeah. the distrust and the skepticism. Um, but again, like the fact that he can just imply something and yes. be like implication and not be put under scrutiny again. It's that you it's think we fun. imagine if I got in front of uh, like like a symposium and went, uh, I'm not saying this, but no. I could be saying Ooh. that. Could you imagine? Yeah, it'd no. be like, what do you mean exactly? Yeah, it's that like that horrible little fucking smirky twinkle in his eye as well. Mm. Like that would go on the record. It just made me just made me really angry. Yeah, really angry. I have a, another final comment to end all final comments. Wonderful. I just want to say there's a callback to the La Brea Tar Pits <laughs> from Volcano. Not only did we have an angle grinder montage, I was like, yeah. But also they were like, you got to sink like the La Brea Tar Pits. And I was like, hell yeah, Volcano. <laughs> it's paying off. <laughs> we will we will find someday there's going to be some magic movie that just links everything we've ever done. I uh, I know what that movie is. It's the Natty Professor Two. Oh shit! <laughs> Technically, we've already done that. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Uh, I still hate you for making me watch that movie. <laughs> Not as much as I hate myself, so uh. I win. <laughs> All right. Okay. So that was. <laughs> Unfortunately for us that we actually just did that. But yeah, that was episode two of our Shh, It's a Secret miniseries um, <laughs> Behind the Curve. <laughs> you can join us in two weeks time where we will do something maybe a little bit less completely fucking bonkers. But not entirely because it's Icarus. <laughs> Icarus, so. yeah. I was going to say it'll be different. It's like instead of, yeah, it'll be sort of a different kind of rage. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
it'll be a rage against the people that spin the conspiracy theorists to begin with, like the system. Rage against the machine, is it? The actual system. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. I get the point. Uh, Thank you.